This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Good morning, I'm Jim Lang, and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, friend of the show, Woodbine CEO Jim Lawson will join us for the first time in 2022. And just this week, Woodbine made a major announcement as part of the rebuild of the Woodbine property. In this case, it was the fact that Woodbine is partnering with some private investors to build a national soccer training facility, as well as a soccer-specific stadium to be located on part of the Woodbine property. Obviously, the timing is very good with the popularity of the game of soccer now. And surely, Jim will join us, and we will hear more about this recent announcement as well as some updates on fast approaching opening day at Woodbine, some Woodbine Mohawk Park info, and of course, something that everyone's looking forward to, Woodbine's potential role in the lucrative sports betting business. In addition, today, friend of the show, Jason Blewett's resume includes roles with the New York Racing Association and Gulfstream Park and currently is involved with West Point Thoroughbreds in a partner account representative role. But with all this being said, Jason still has a keen eye as a handicapper and he will put up the expertise to work today as we will talk about the $1 million Louisiana Derby at the fairgrounds, another major points race for a berth in the upcoming Kentucky Derby. Shortly, we will catch up with Jason and learn more about how he's been spending his time since he was last on Ponies 24-7 and also have him put his handicapping expertise to work with some races at Fairgrounds and Gulfstream Park. Also today, Woodbine Mohawk Park's Racing Secretary, Scott McKelvey, will join us. And this week, Scott retires from his role at Woodbine after being a major contributor to the success of the Woodbine Standard Bread Racing product for over 40 years. Scott, who started at the then Ontario Jockey Club, which included the Greenwood and Mohawk racetracks, has been Racing Secretary since 1992 and has also worked on 38 Pepsi North American Cup races and throughout his time with Woodbine, has worked diligently in promoting the Woodbine Standard Bread product. Shortly, we'll hear more from Scott. And what are his plans for retirement? And also, how will he replace the void of not being part of the harness racing industry moving forward? And finally, while he's back, co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine Mohawk Park and some other North American tracks that are racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a great show, so you better get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action today. When we come back, my co-host Larry Simpson will join us as we catch up with some recent horse racing news, including a new Woodbine announcement and today's huge Dubai Cup. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We'll be right back. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from dark horse to winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. 
Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Well, welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Jim Lang. I'm back, and let me introduce to you to my co-host, the expert at all things pony, Larry, I missed you last week. Larry Simpson. You're back. Yeah, I was on a brief <laughs> stint on the DL, had a quick bout of COVID, but uh, because I was vaxxed and had the booster, I'm off and healthy and uh, thrilled to be back. And lots of stuff happening in the horse racing industry, Larry. Busy few days. Uh, where can we start? I guess, uh, number one, let's start with uh, today is the $12 million Dubai World Cup. Oh. And uh yeah, it's going to be an interesting race. You're going to see uh, life is good after his romp in the Pegasus uh, in January at Gulfstream. He's going to face off against Hot Rod Charlie. That's a great showdown. It is, because Hot Rod Charlie, he actually won the El Maktoum Challenge on February 4th at uh, Maiden. And, uh, you know, they don't have any buyer speed ratings there. They have what they call time form. Hmm. And I was always taught you take the time form and you deduct 14 points and you'd come up to what a buyer was. Well, Hot Rod Charlie had a time form of 125. So you take the, you know, mathematics brings that down to a 111. So, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a pretty good uh, buyer rating, you know. And uh, I guess the big thing with Life is Good is he looked incredible in the Pegasus. He's stretching out, though. He's never gone a mile and a quarter. So that extra eighth of a mile is maybe going to uh, be a stumbling block. But uh, there's some other good horses in there. Uh, you know, Midnight Bayzou is in there, and uh, there's some great horses from Japan and that. So that's why they call it the Dubai World Cup. So Well, okay, just real quick for Sino, some listeners have brought this up to me. Why is that little bit of extra distance? It doesn't seem like much such a challenge to some horses. Well, I guess it comes down to pedigree. Like some horses are bred to go that extra distance. Uh, a mile and a quarter is considered a classic pedigree. And, uh, you know, your Kentucky Derby's a mile and a quarter and uh, the Queen's Plate is a mile and a quarter. Those are classic races. The horse, there has to be some substance in his breeding to uh, to be able to get that extra. You, it doesn't sound like an eighth of a mile is that much, but a lot of times these horses just don't have it. And if they get pushed early and... and Life is Good was, was lucky, well, he was fast, too, in the Pegasus because nobody could get near him, so he kind of set his own pace. And then he did lose a little bit of ground in the stretch, so, you know, you could surmise that maybe with another eighth of a mile he could lose a little bit more, too. But it depends on the speed horses that are uh, in there. You know, if, if there's some other speed horses that can push him, that can get close to him, then it's going to be... You know, it's going to be an interesting race. And that's why elite horses are elite horses, because they can handle that extra distance. That's right. And that's, that's you know, it's races like this that uh, basically separates the champion horses from the regular horses. So, And there's some Bob Baffert news, too. I guess he's going to move uh, some of his horses to uh, a couple of trainers in California, because uh, I guess the owners like to have an opportunity to run in the Kentucky Derby. 
Uh, interesting, one of them is a horse by the name of Messier, named, oh. named after some hockey players. Yeah, you've, no, yeah. but seriously, you have mentioned Messier a yeah. number of times later. Yeah, and he's been moved to Tim Nectin's, uh stable oh. in, in California. And interesting that uh, Woodbine just put out their uh, Queen's Plate uh, winter book odds, which we talked a lot about last year with certain horses. And the top 10 uh, is, uh, well, top one is Messier, and his odds are even money. For right? race in August? Yep. Yeah. And then, and then uh, God of Love, uh, is Mark Cassie's horse is three to one, and then you got Moira at five to one. The Minxter is seven to one. Ironstone is 10 to one. Dancing in Danil is 12 to one. Silent Runners, 14 to one. And the list goes on and on and on and on. But an even money favorite, you know, for a horse that's, you know, he's had a few starts in that, but I think number one priority right now for Messier is to win the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. Obviously he's got to, you know, qualify. He needs some qualifying points. And so the next few uh, weeks are going to be interesting on that story. And I guess the other, the other story is if he does win the Kentucky Derby, and we've talked about this in past shows, and he comes up here and he wins the Queen's Plate, he's the first horse to do that since Northern Dancer. And, you, I mean, you want to talk about a stud fee for a horse that pulls that off. I mean, I can't even imagine. So you, you alluded to Woodbine. We're just a couple weeks away from the start of thoroughbred season and some big announcements. I had Jim Lawson on the morning show earlier this week. They're going to build a world-class soccer training facility for men's and women's soccer and a soccer-specific stadium. I think it's a brilliant move for the people of Woodbine. Well, it's a brilliant move, and it also ties in with the Ontario government a couple of years ago wanting to put a GO train extension in there. Yeah, good so, point. So uh, I think if, if they can kind of package the whole thing, uh, it's going to be best off for, for everybody. And there was talk years ago that they were going to take some of the property at Woodbine when the World Hockey Association was trying to come back oh, in, yeah. in, in a rebirth state. I remember yeah, this. And they were going to build an arena and the Toronto franchise was going to play out of some you know, facility on Woodbine property. So, But that never went anywhere, nor, neither did the rebirth of the World Hockey Association. So, Indeed. And with uh, Jim Lawson, uh, Woodbine CEO, and Jim, this is the first time that you've uh, been back on the show since uh, last year. So uh, how are things? Good. I'm happy to be back on the show. It's uh, I think it's the kind of thing that it's too late, but happy new year to you guys. <laughs> happy new year. Happy new year. Well, let's start. Uh, on, on Wednesday, there was a big announcement that uh, Woodbine is partnering with some private investors to build a national soccer training facility and a soccer-specific stadium at part of the Woodbine grounds. Uh, what was the impetus behind this move? Well, it's it's something that certainly has been in the works for almost a year now of discussions with uh, soccer leagues and in particular the uh, the Baldessera family that owns York 9 and the Canadian Premier League. Uh, just the timing has been such that given the success of the men's team this year and the, and the women uh, winning the, the gold medal at the Olympics and the, the World Cup coming in 2026, there's just an overall demand uh, which we recognize. And, and Woodbine is a, is a community-based company. And, uh, and when we were approached, we said, sure, we've got 684 acres of land. We'll work with uh, the people to... Uh, to bring this to uh, fruition, and uh, there's a particular emphasis, I think, they're really set on women's soccer and 
and partly coming out of the success, but there's so many young women in this country signing up to play soccer now, and they need a home, and I, I hope someday that Woodbine can be the, the main site for a, a Canadian professional women's soccer league and certainly a team in that league. So um, it's really exciting. We're just thrilled to, to be part of it. Well, in 2019, we all remember the Ontario government unveiled a plan to build a GO train stop at Woodbine. So far, there's been no construction. Will this announcement maybe help expedite things? Well, I certainly hope that has an impact. It's It's been a, a somewhat of a frustrating process. They certainly, the GO train policy and the transit policy in this province is, is to build some density uh, around the train station and, and the economics of this particular uh, project is that Woodbine has agreed to pay for the train station, and uh, that's unprecedented in this province. But in order to do so, to get the financing we need from a couple of sources of financing that we've lined up, we certainly need a viable business plan, and that would include a, a rezoning, including in particular, Larry, for housing and much needed, affordable housing, even more needed. We're projecting 17,000 jobs on site over the next few years as a result of the development that the main catalyst is going to be this train station. And certainly, there's no question, Larry, that our ability to secure a soccer stadium and a national training center for soccer is also tied to bringing mass transit to the site. Our, our site today is, is very underserviced from a mass transit standpoint. If this got completed in time, would the 2026 World Cup be in the plans, do you think? Well, I certainly think uh, part of the, the vision is that we will build grass fields in addition to the main stadium to be practice facilities uh, for the World Cup. There's already been discussions that uh, we expect that some of the, the world soccer federations, whether they be from England or France or Germany, whoever qualifies in 2026, that they would like to lease a property like Woodbine for that purpose. So it's certainly... Uh, if Toronto is going to host the World Cup, which I expect they will, or World Cup games, that uh, additional infrastructure and facilities uh, will be part of that and a necessary part of that. And, and what we'd like to see and what we think Toronto deserves is the legacy from that World Cup of a, a centre of excellence or a national training centre, a home for soccer in Canada, which really doesn't exist today. And, and it's much, given the popularity of the sport and the growth of the sport in this country, it's something that's uh, very much needed. All right, let's change topics now. Uh, April 16th is probably... A date that you've got circled on your calendar, is it still fingers crossed uh, with this year coming up? Well, it's more than fingers crossed. I'd say it's, uh, I would describe it as, as excitement. I'm uh, really happy with the team that Jessica, the team uh, Jessica Buckley, her team has, has done in preparing for the season. We have a great stake schedule. Um, we, we did a really great job last year uh, with keeping our field sizes up. I, uh, I'm project more of the same. Our tracks uh, will be in good shape and uh, we have over a thousand horses on the grounds already. And uh, I just think it, uh, it's adding up to be a great season. We've uh, attracted uh, trainers from the United States, we believe, and uh, that will help our horse supply and we've got a great stake schedule. So uh, yeah, uh, April 16th, uh, full speed ahead, uh, no restrictions at this time uh, relative to the, the health pandemic. And uh, Certainly, everyone is very optimistic at Woodbine about the uh, commencement of our thoroughbred season, Larry. Okay, you mentioned the great stake schedule. Did you want to maybe uh, elaborate a little bit more on it? The big 
biggest thing, uh, it, it, the biggest, it's not a change from last year, but the Queen's Plate uh, is going to be in, in the third week of August again this year. And, and I think what's what's nice about that is is it really gives the three-year-olds a chance to get ready to go a mile and a quarter. And, and the whole Triple Crown Series, I think, benefits from being a little bit later with the uh, with, with the distances, including the last uh, the leg, the breeder stakes at a mile and a half. I mean, it takes a, a while for three-year-olds uh, certainly to get ready to do that. And a number of our trainers, again, did not go south. And so they're, they're going to take uh, this spring and, and early summer to get ready for, for those Triple Crown events. But that that is you know obviously the the highlight every year is our is, our, is that first jewel of the triple crown but certainly the mile and and the natalma and the summer stakes that weekend uh, the three winning your in races for the breeders cup uh, are something that uh, you if, if you're a racing fan uh, you're already excited about that and and just where those three races have prominently moved into the picture uh, in the North American circuit and, and the fact that uh, the Breeders' Cup is at uh, Keeneland this year and uh, I think it'll be a great stepping stone for uh, horses coming out of those three races to, to go into the Breeders' Cup. So it, it's it's adding up to be a really fun season again. And not to be outdone, you've got Woodby Mohawk Park ready to embark on a pretty good stakes schedule, correct? Oh, we sure do. Um, we're moving back to NA Cup to June. I think it fits nicely in, in the schedule for for that division. Uh, much to our pleasure, we were we were successful in selling out the Mohawk Million again. The ninth slot sold, and so that it that night with the the Metro Pace uh, in the end of September is is the night for future stars, and and of course the Breeders' Crown uh, in, in the end of October. So. Uh, Star-studded lineup in terms of uh, a stake schedule uh, at uh, at Mohawk Park, uh, as I said, culminated by uh, the Breeders' Crown, which is going to be two nights of spectacular racing. So uh, we're on a roll. Uh, I'm really proud of the job our team's done, and uh, and uh, if you love racing, we're we're going to give it to you this year. One of the questions I keep getting asked, Jim, is what's going on with sports betting and Woodbine's involvement. Very good question uh, from you to <laughs> from you to me, Larry, and I keep getting at the same question. I'll just say that uh, we work very hard, and I say we we at Woodbine work very hard uh, with the federal government to ensure that horse racing uh, would be protected from from sports betting operators coming into this country and to the province of Ontario unfettered. Uh, if if we hadn't had that protection. Uh, the, the sports betting operators would have been able to come in and offer fixed odds wagering on, on horse racing and, and effectively it would have destroyed our business. And I, I'm not being dramatic when I say that. Our vision and the plan at the time was that uh, if, if the federal government pulled horse racing or parimutuel wagering out of the sports betting legislation, then these major operators, many of whom, uh, and I can give you examples, William Hill, Points Bet, Tabcor, Bet365, FanDuel, these are all companies with their origins or large horse racing divisions. So we knew from the very beginning in our discussions with the federal government that these groups would want to be offering horse racing content as part of their menu. But the, the great thing, as I said, that the federal government did was they pulled it back, which means all these operators have to negotiate with us. So what we've been doing over the last six months is uh, having discussions on, on incorporating our content seamlessly and integrating it into the online 
a sports betting operators platform and it, it's gone extremely well um, we're unfortunately moving very slowly however with the a provincial government in Ontario who manages and controls this we're we're not going to be ready for April 4th to integrate our product I'm still very optimistic that it will happen over April, May, or June, um, that uh, you'll be able to go online with these sports betting operators and find our content. It will be uh, on, a, on a party mutual product. Uh, it will be on our code system and therefore in accordance with the criminal code is envisioned by the Ministry of Attorney General when they pass the sports betting legislation. So I'm a little disappointed um, so far, Larry, but I'm optimistic that uh, we'll be able to work through any issues uh, uh, with the provincial government and make sure that horse racing can be part of it because to do otherwise will again do major damage if these horse um, if horse racing is not allowed uh, to be offered with with these vast networks that are coming in and, and taking our customers and also prohibiting us from being exposed to a whole new demographic of sports betting customers was is uh, could be very damaging to us so let, let's hope uh, that we can work through this over the next couple of months and uh, and and you and i are are singing the praises of sports betting but right now we've got uh, we've got that major hurdle and then the second one uh, second aspect of that is uh, we still strongly believe that the racetracks and our champions network should be retail sports books and and uh, I don't really understand why we haven't made more progress on that. I believe the casinos may be given the green light to to host sports books, but so far we have not. We're prepared again since we're not a sports betting operator to do it in conjunction uh, with a sports betting operator, including uh, the provincial lottery corporation. So far, we're not making any progress, and we again saw that as a, a real plus for horse racing to be able to uh, host sports betting. Uh, retail or sports book in our champions lounges and i'm still hopeful and optimistic that that will happen because that again is is very important for the industry and quite frankly uh needed and desired by the customer and also a revenue generation for for the government <laughs> so um we're hoping that we can work through that too over the next few months but with all that being said jim are you surprised that it's taken so long well, in fairness, I think the government has had a lot on its plate. This is complicated. Uh, the structure is complicated in the licensing of it, uh, the technology. Uh, it all has to be regulated. So I think the, the part that's taken long for me is that um, we should have been able to incorporate uh, our racing content uh, with these sports betting operators. We've been working and negotiating this with, with these sports betting operators. We understand the technology. Um, so that, that part uh, has been disappointing. But as I said, uh, uh, let's stay, remain optimistic. And I, I, I haven't heard of really any major issues. It's just taken some time. And, and uh, let's hope uh, that we can get this done fairly quickly because we don't want to fall too far behind the eight ball. With sports betting coming on April 4th, we want to be on their product menu in the next few months. All right. Well, speaking about optimism, let's talk about Mrs. Barbara. Uh, we've spent a lot of time talking about uh, Mrs. Barbara on the show and, and uh, when she's been racing. You must have been happy with her first start of the year. Eh? Yeah, I really was. Uh, she'd had three months off and 
I <laughs> I was uh, quoted more than once in saying before the before the draw that I hope she doesn't uh, she doesn't draw the number one post or <laughs> or the uh, eleven or twelve post. Now, uh, Murphy's the law. Good news, <laughs> the, the good news was there was only nine entries, but uh, so she she couldn't get the ten or eleven or twelve. The bad news is she did she did draw the one and. Uh, just the way she runs, she's uh, she's a horse that uh, you know likes to stalk, and and uh, I won't say she had a bad trip. It just wasn't an ideal trip. Uh, the pace was very slow. I think they went one fourteen and three. These are some pretty good fillies too to go one fourteen and three to the three quarters, and so it was uh, it was a tough trip. Having said that, uh, you know the last sixteenth of a mile. Um, she was running hardest on end, and uh, she only got beaten a little over two lengths. She she came fourth. It's certainly in a graded stakes race like the uh, Florida Oaks. It would have been nice to be in the top three. But uh, having said that, a very respectable uh, result uh, coming fourth in the Florida Oaks, and uh, and now we're on to the the Bourbonette Oaks at Turfway next weekend. And then it's is the game plan hopefully to get to the uh, Kentucky Oaks. I don't know. Um, we'll see how she runs. She's never run on the dirt. Mm-hmm. Um, she is by Bodie Meister, which which uh, uh, might uh, say that she, she she'll she'll like the dirt, and and I'll leave that up to Mr. Cassie in terms of let's uh, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. See if see how she runs in the Bourbonette, and uh, if she runs well, he might take a shot on the dirt. I don't I don't know. We haven't. We haven't even <laughs> discussed that yet. We just want to get to the next race in, in good order. So uh, uh, we'll uh, we'll see how she does, and I hope I hope she runs well and comes out of the race well. And then uh, Mark will certainly dictate the next step. Well, I'm going to clear my schedule for the uh, first Friday in May. Well, we'll we'll see. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, uh, I, I as I said, I just hope she runs well next weekend. One thing is she tries hard. Um, every she's had seven starts now, and and I can uh, obviously uh, remember every single start, and uh, she doesn't lack for heart. So that's a good thing. Okay, Jim. Good luck. Thanks for doing this, and uh, have a great season at Woodbine. And I'm sure we'll have you back on the show. You're a friend of the show, right? So. <laughs> oh yeah love to come on and look forward to speaking again and, and, and all the best to you guys as we start the season and we'll we'll talk again soon. When we come back, Jason Blewett will join us on Ponies 24-7 the radio magazine. Stay tuned. Ponies 24-7 the radio magazine brought to you by Woodbine Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing and Rocket Ship Racing follow us on Twitter at 1059 the region. We'll be right back Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at cosaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. 
Ontario Racing. The excitement of thoroughbred, standardbred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, Jason Blewett is a writer, handicapper, and currently is West Point Thoroughbreds partner account representative and joins us again today on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Jason, always a pleasure. How are you, my friend? Everything is good. Talking to you from, from sunny Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And, uh, yeah, life is good down here. Coming off a uh, real exciting uh, opening two-year-old sale of the season about a week ago up in Ocala. And the West Point machine is doing well. And as I was saying to you guys right before you hit the record button, it's uh, pretty wild thinking March is just about complete. And we're we're on the verge of those last Kentucky Derby preps. Before we get to some of the preps, wanting to update the listeners, how did the sale go and how was the response to some of the horses that were up for grabs? Yeah, the sale went unbelievably well. Look, I mean, in terms of just West Point, we're coming off a record-setting as far as horses syndicated and the money they were syndicated at last year in 2021, I think we did 62 or 63 horses that were syndicated. So, you know, we've got a, a massive coast to coast stable and, and, a, and a, just an awesome group of partners. And I was able on a personal note to really step in having completed uh, my year, my first year working for West Point Thoroughbreds in fe- February. I, I really, you know, stepped into a a company that that just works as a well-oiled machine. But you know, fast forwarding, things are a little different now in 2022. It does look like over the last couple of weeks, thankfully, the stock market has finally started to have a little life again after kind of tanking in December, January, and February. And of course, that mess over in the Ukraine. So, you know, there were some external, there are some external factors that were in the back of my mind going into this new uh, new sales season. But, you know, it seemed like buying was robust up, up in Ocala. And on a personal note, uh, West Point took home, took home 10 two-year-olds. We were really busy in the auction ring. We don't own 100% of all the uh, 10 two-year-olds we purchased. Some of them are are with other partners like Mike Calla, who's a big owner with John Sather out in California. But I just sold the last bit of a, a Motown two-year-old right before I hopped on the line with you guys. So my long-winded answer is <laughs> sales were great and business has been booming. And if there are any West Point partners or maybe some people thinking about becoming a West Point partner, I want to thank everybody, and uh, it's a great company to work for. For our listeners, what is your role with West Point? It's client relations, which pretty much entails selling. We buy horses at public auction, or sometimes we buy what's known as a ready-made, a horse that's already that's already raced. You know, my job, along with uh, Tom Bellhouse and Jeff Lifson, our jobs are to sell those horses to both existing partners and hopefully new partners that, that are signing up and 
in many cases, becoming first-time, first-time horse owners. But, you know, that's the bulk of my job. The other really cool part is, look, if there's a horse of ours running at Gulfstream, I'm going to be down at Gulfstream Park hanging out with the partners and enjoying a day at the races with them. And I am very much a frequent visitor both at Gulfstream during training in the morning, which is great. And especially up at Palm Beach Downs, where uh, Todd Pletcher's got a couple of our horses. It's great going out and, and, and videoing and filming and taking pictures. Our horses, as they train, as they breathe, and sharing those with the West Point partners. So very much on the sort of horse relationship side of things, as well as being, uh, being a salesman for the company. Joined by Jason Blewett on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Jason, we're six weeks away from the Kentucky Derby. Hard to believe. And uh, the big one, Louisiana Derby today. Some very intriguing horses. Who do you have an eye on? Looking at the race, I mean, I think first and, and, and foremost, the Louisiana Derby starts off with uh, with Epicenter, who, uh, who's just been, been a, a really consistent horse for trainer Steve Asmussen. Uh, that horse seven to five on the morning line, and I don't know. I kind of get the the vibes of a of a midnight bourbon with with this guy, who's just super consistent and and just fires every time he goes out there. What about the the Oaks race? Anything you you see in there? Could be just a an otherworldly type day for Steve Asmussen, having uh, Echo Zulu back back in the mix. Who, I mean, from her first race on opening day at Saratoga through her unbeaten four for four, uh, two-year-old campaign with that, with that lopsided breeders cup juvenile Phillies of victory. I mean, she is just, just an absolute tiger. And I had been wondering, would we see her? Although she had been on the work tab, I was going, you know, are they going to, they're going to make the Kentucky Oaks with her. And, um, as a fan of the game, I'm thrilled to see her back because we, we love good horses and she's obviously an unbeaten champion and a very good horse. On the flip side, on the professional side, and maybe on the personal side, you know, West Point has Sequist in the race for Dallas Stewart, uh, who was beaten a couple of times by, by Echo Zula last year in both the Spinaway and Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. So, you know, as a fan, I'm happy to see Echo Zulu in the race, but as <laughs> someone that is very much locked into... Uh, locked in the sequest i'm 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 bummed she's in there so uh it's a two-sided sort of a uh, debate in my mind but uh good luck to sequest tomorrow i hope she improves off her uh her three-year-old debut for dallas on the other side of the world on the busy saturday horse racing the dubai cup and hot rod charlie a lot of people very familiar with that horse and some pretty tough horses in this field yeah, without a doubt. I mean, uh, not only Hot Rod Charlie, but I think first and foremost, you've got you've got life is life is good. Who we will see the big test for him? Can he go a mile and a quarter? Not that there's been this crazy huge debate with him prior to the World Cup, but I, I ultimately think he, he'll have no issue staying staying ten ten furlongs at, at Maidon and. I'm looking forward to seeing him and see if he can uh, seeing him in action. And does Todd Pletcher, after all his success and being enshrined in in Racing's Hall of Fame last summer, does Todd in a way break through and finally win that first ever Dubai World Cup with uh, with Life Is Good over over Hot Rod Charlie? Talk about yourself for a second, uh, Jason. Like you've been in the business for a while, wore a few different hats, and that. Growing up, was there someone in the industry that you 
pretty much considered a mentor? Yeah, it's a great question, and almost almost too too many people to to list, um, and I wouldn't want to leave anybody's names out or anybody's name out. Very fortunate as I look back, I've always had. Now that I'm I'm 44. And I mean, really, from even the time I was uh, before I even graduated college, I went to Long Island University, CW Post, uh, Long Island native um, and graduated college in May of 2000. But I mean, this is really in terms of having a job or a career, this is all I've ever really had. As you get older and you look back. And I uh, hope I have a, a lot more great years, many great years in front of me, you know, working in this industry and hope, hope racing, not just in North America, but worldwide can, can thrive forever and be as healthy as it can possibly be. You know, you gotta, you gotta perform when you're, when you're up that, up, up at the plate and up at that, so to speak. But you also need people to get you there and give you the opportunity. And I've always had people people in my corner that were willing to give me a chance and the opportunity. So I'm thankful for that. And another thing is, you know, having interned originally in the Naira press box back in the mid to late nineties, starting with uh, the Saratoga meet in 1996, the world naturally, I mean, that was over 25 years ago, a quarter century ago. So the world world's changed a lot since then, of course, but you know, as I look back, I really was able to catch kind of the tail end of like the old days where newspapers were still king. Yes, the Internet existed, but I mean, it was still very much in its infancy and wasn't anything like 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 the Internet runs our lives today. So, you know, I look back and, you know, naturally a lot of them have passed on, but I really sort of stepped in and got involved in racing and working first and foremost in the New York Racing Association press box between their three tracks. I got to see a lot of guys that I guess would be, if they were still alive today, would be referred to as as dinosaurs. You know, some of these classic writers like Joe Hirsch and, and Paul Moran of Newsday, uh, the name, just a couple of names. So very thankful for, for, for the time I came up and um, I've just been really fortunate over the years. Jason, a lot of people talk about horse racing in America. They focus on, of course, the Kentucky area, South Florida, California, but what is it about New York, New Jersey that's produced so many great handicappers? I think first and foremost, it's just, I got to think it's more of an extension of the New York racing association circuit, which although, you know, I left Naira, over five years ago, it was five years this past January. I mean, that'll always, always be, be home for me. And I, you know, I guess there's aside from the quality of the racing and having Belmont and Saratoga and, and, and the final leg of the triple crown on that circuit, you know, in terms of population and volume of people, and although maybe there aren't as many characters, racetrack characters, as there were even 15, 20 years ago, a lot of them have passed on or, or just play from home. I just think it runs having, having like the New York, you know, uh, Northeast sort of lifestyle and just the kind of horse player growing up in Brooklyn or being a city kid or even being someone from Long Island or from North Jersey just growing up in that area 
kind of goes hand in hand with the tradition of horse racing and, you know, the wise guys and the gambling aspect of the game. So I think you throw all that in a blender and, you know, I hope my answer wasn't too convoluted, but in my mind, it kind of all makes sense between the importance of the New York Racing Association and just those three racetracks in general combined with that area of the country. How could you not have people that come come out of that circuit or live up there that are just very good at their craft and, and very good at handicapping and sharp at handicapping? And you're definitely one of them, Jason. Always a pleasure. Larry and I always enjoy having you on. Thanks so much. Enjoy the weekend, and we'll talk soon. Take care, my friend. Yeah, great catching up with you guys. All right, best of luck to everybody out there this weekend. I hope it's a great one. Amen to that. We'll talk to you soon. After the break, when we come back, Scott McKelvey will join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live in Ontario? Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? You need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com horse ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Costa, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. Costa, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the Costa website at costaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Well then, welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Woodbine Mohawk Park race secretary Scott McKelvey has been part of the Woodbine fraternity for 40 years and on the 31st of this month will officially retire. Scott has held the role of racing secretary for the Standard Bridge Division at Greenwood, Woodbine, and Woodbine Mohawk Park during a time that saw him work a staggering 38 Pepsi North America Cups and help elevate the Woodbine harness product to new levels, one of the best there is. Scott, as always, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. It's been quite a ride. When you hear that resume in 38 Pepsi North America Cups, what goes through your mind? A lot of years, but a lot of years that's gone, that have gone by pretty quickly, I'd say. It doesn't seem that long ago since uh, that first uh, NA Cup in 1984. And uh, they've been thrilling additions ever since. And uh, it's hard to believe that there's been that many go by. So is it a tough decision for you, Scott, to decide to retire? Uh, yes and no. It's uh, love my job and uh, love the love the business, but uh, oh, I just think after this this amount of time, it was probably time to time to take a break. It's been uh, kind of a twenty four seven job there for the most part, and it's uh, 
I just uh, thought it was just, I just felt, felt it was time. Well, I'd be remiss, Scott, if I didn't ask you. Do you have any good stories about the scallywag here, Larry Simpson, from his days at Greenwood? Because he kind of hints at it now and then. But you would know the real stories about Larry at Greenwood. Is there any good ones? Well, I don't know if I have any stories on Larry. I certainly know Larry, but uh, I can't say that I've got any uh, juicy tidbits, if that's what you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> the stories would all be good. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they were. Yeah. <laughs> I know Larry's been involved for a long, for a long time. So, but, but what, uh, what is it about Greenwood, Scott, that holds such a special place in the hearts of people like you and everyone else who was part of it? Well, I think at that time... the it didn't matter what day of the of the week it was, and particularly on the weekends, the the crowds were in the thousands, and there's just a perfect venue. Whether it was winter daytime racing on the in on a Saturday afternoon, or uh, in the summertime with uh, you know, sitting in the grandstand facing the the lake, and uh, beautiful evenings and top top races, and it was just uh, it was just a happening place back then. And uh, I can remember some of those Saturday afternoon cars were. You had to be there about two hours before the the card started if you wanted to get a parking spot. That's how uh, how busy it was back then. Do you remember your first day? I do. Was, I started in mid uh, February, nineteen eighty one, and it was uh, well, this was a Monday, and uh, it just uh, I can't remember all the details, but I certainly do remember going in to start working there for the first time. It's uh, it was. Uh, it was at Greenwood, obviously, in the wintertime, and it was uh, kind of an intimidating place walking in there. As, as you well know, it's, uh, it was uh, quite a thrill. What was it about the horse racing industry that drew you to be part of it, Scott, for four decades and give basically, like you say, 24-7 for all these years? Yeah, it was, um, even as a kid, uh, I grew up in Owen Sound, and uh, my dad uh, owned some horses that raced uh, on, the, on the jockey club. Um, had horses with John Hayes back in the day, and uh, he was involved. Actually, he was involved with the. Uh, they had, had a summer meet at Home Sound back in the late '60s and '70s, so he was part of a group that uh, ran the track, and that was probably my first. Uh, I guess my first job in the industry was charting the races when I was 12 or 13. Did that for two or three years, and uh, always a big fan. It was go to Home Sound and Hanover were kind of the regular tracks back then. Is there a memorable race that you could talk about uh, from your career of the 40 years, one that still sticks in, in your head? Um, I did mention uh, earlier, obviously the Sun Beaks somewhere, North America Cup, that was probably the most recent with the uh, electric crowd, and it was quite a quite an evening here at Mohawk. But one of the first uh, North America Cups back in, I think it was 87, was Jake Lobel and Frugal Gourmet had mm. a stirring stretch duel. Uh, Jake LaBelle just did hang on by a nose, but uh, there was quite a roar that night. It was quite a, it was a, quite a race, and uh, that was a time probably it was more of a kind of a Canada versus a U.S. Uh, vibe to the race, I think, and the Canadian horse just came out uh, just a nose short, but uh, now it's more of a, just a North America race now, but as opposed to uh, Kind of the battle between two countries. I think I was even advertised or marketed that way back then, if I recall. But Scott, those were the two that stand out. But Scott, you think of your journey back in the early 80s, and there's been so many sports trends that have come and gone since then, but standard bred racing in this province is still so strong. Why is that? 
think if it's just a good background, uh, you know, it still goes throughout, maybe not quite as much as it in the past, but with all the grassroots tracks, there's a lot of, a lot of, um, people in the, even the, you know, the farming communities, particularly in the Southwest, uh, London area, and even somewhat to the East, uh, there's still a lot of people that have been involved with racing through their families or, uh, over the years. And it's still, even if they're not as maybe, uh, as prominent or don't have as many horses, there's still a lot of them still, still have horses. I guess it's something that gets in the blood and it's hard to get, get rid of. I, you see a lot of people that might even get out of the game for a little while, but seen the last few years, a lot of them re reemerged, whether it's as trainers or, or even as owners, but, uh, Maybe the circumstances have changed for them. They're able to do that, but uh, it's uh, something that stops getting out of your blood. There's no doubt about that. So, Scott, what's the plans for the future? Uh, nothing definite. Uh, just going to take a little time here for, for now. Anyways, it's uh, we'll see. You know, take maybe the, the summer off and see what happens in the fall. Whether uh, try to would would like to find something to do. Uh, not really sure what yet, but uh, something to keep myself a little bit busy. And uh, but for the time being, just gonna relax and enjoy the spring and hopefully the summer, perhaps. Well, Scott, once your golf season's over, I know Larry's always looking for a professional dog walker to help his dog. <laughs> it would be a big help to Larry. <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll let Larry have that job. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> Larry. Did you have a, a mentor in when you were? basically coming into the business back at the Greenwood days, like uh, who, who did you take over the job from and did you learn anything from that person? You know, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Barry Houston, he was race secretary right. at the time when I started and uh, Danny Lozell, the famed announcer and Al Gooch, they were the assistants when I started. So I learned a lot from all three of them. And uh, Danny uh, became the announcer at Woodbine in the mid eighties um, that's when I assumed the assistant role and, uh, kind of went for there, but I learned a lot from all three of the three fellows and, uh, they were all, uh, great guys to work with. Were there some people that you've been mentoring on the way out to pass the torch to continue this level of excellence through standard bread racing in the province? Yeah. Well, uh, Tony, Tony O'Sullivan, former trainer, he's, uh, going to be uh, my replacement. So he's been in the last few months. So hopefully, uh, Hopefully, I've been able to teach him a few things anyways, but I have, he's uh, well-versed in the industry, as you well know, and he's got a pretty good grasp of things. So I, I don't think he'll have uh, too, many, uh, too many problems uh, making the transition. I think he'll do a great job. Is it going to be weird the first time you're watching a race but that you're not a part of the industry? Because you've been doing it for so long, Scott. Yeah, I think, you know, I've always been a fan as well. So it's not just, you know, I'll go to other tracks quite often or enjoy it as a fan, but coming to Mohawk here, uh, as a fan, that will, uh, certainly be a little bit different. Uh, you know, might be able to have a cold beer and make us make a wager down the road or something like that. But, uh, Boy, yeah. What a concept. Uh, <laughs> it'll be, it'll be a nice change. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what, but once uh horse racing gets into your blood, it, it never leaves, does it? It really doesn't. It really doesn't. Uh, it's, I don't know how to describe it, but, uh, it's something that, uh, you hear that a lot of people say the same thing and, uh, maybe you, you don't always believe it, but then you get thinking about it and there's, there's no doubt about it. You, I'm certainly not just going to walk away and 
never return. That's uh, be impossible to do. That's for sure. Well, Scott, I mean, on behalf of Larry and myself, I can't think of anyone more deserving of a little time off this summer after the four decades you've given to the industry. Uh, congratulations on an incredible career. Thank you for everything you've done for Standard Bread Racing in the province, and enjoy your summer off. Okay, well, I appreciate the kind words, and I appreciate you having me on. Always. Take care, Scott. All the best. Take care. Okay. Thank you. Bye now. Bye. Bye. After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine Mohawk Park, the Meadowlands, and of course, some racing at several other North American tracks. So make sure that your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stick with us for Larry's much-anticipated Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to ontarioracing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering platform and the Dark Horse app the best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Okay, then, before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as Larry... Ow, it hurts my fingers to burn just thinking about his ponies picks the day he's so hot. Sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Larry, take it away. Thanks, Jim. Let's uh, let's hope that they stay, is it white hot? White hot. That's right, sizzling, yeah, like sizzling. the barbecue. Yeah, like a barbecue. <laughs> All right, let's start at Gulfstream Park. They have an 11 race card today. Race 11 is a maiden special weight. It's a mile on the 16th on the turf course for a purse of uh, $60,000. Number six, Never Change, is a well-bred three-year-old colt from Todd Pletcher's barn. He's had two starts late last year in his lifetime. His first was six furlongs on the dirt in late November at Aqueduct, and his second came in a stretching out to a mile and a 16th at uh, Gulfstream on December 26th. In both starts, Never Change was well-bet. In fact, his last start, he was actually the favorite in the race, in the Gulfstream race. 
but both races he just failed to fi- fire, I should say, talking about heat. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Todd uh, gave this horse uh, some time off to the point that he's had five well-spaced works since February 18th. And today, uh, never change races with Lasix, which is a solid uh, move by Todd Pletcher. Uh, to me, though, the main reason I like this horse is the fact that uh, never change, he's bred for turf. He's, his sire is Uncle Mo, and he's out of a curlin mare. So you got turf breeding on turf breeding. And uh, guess what? That's what he's on today. So uh, I think this guy's never been uh, higher than 2-1 to one in both of his starts. He's 4-1 to one in the morning line today. Let's see if he runs to his turf breeding. Uh, Gulfstream Park, race 11, number 6, never change. I like your style, Larry. And next... Okay, Oakland Park has a 10-race card today, and race 7 is a mile and an eighth on the dirt, a uh, purse of $52,000. The number 7 horse, Hunk of Burning Love. Oh, please. Yeah. I'm an Elvis yeah. fan. Okay, so for all you Elvis fans, this horse is for you. He got up for a nose victory on March the 6th, and that was after a three-month layoff. He moves to a mile and an eighth today, and this guy is a four-time stakes winner in his career, so he's got some back class. He's won at today's distance. And he looks like a horse that tends to hold his form well. So race seven, number seven, hunk of burning love for all you Elvis fans. I know, look, sometimes you got to bet the name, and that's a horse I would bet the name. Larry, what else do you have? <laughs> uh, the Meadowlands has a 13 race card tonight. Race two is a one-mile trot for young trotters, a purse of uh, $14,500. Number eight, Flyhawk Alfaretti. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> a winner of three races in against some of uh, these. He's in against some horses tonight that are still looking for their first win, to be honest with you. So uh, he's been very competitive. His last included a first up move to take the lead. Then uh, he tired a little bit in the stretch to finish third. I like the fact that Yannick Jingra is back on the uh, bike. Uh, he drove this horse for the first time last week. We had James McDonald on the show last week. Yeah. And he said... You always learn from a horse. You know, you drive him once, and then you drive him the second time. You learn a little bit. I'm going to say that that's what Yannick's done here. I'm going to go with this horse tonight. Uh, the Meadowlands race to number eight, Flyhawk El Ferrete. And your grand finale? Well, Woodbine Mohawk Park has an 11 race card tonight with all eyes on race 11, which features the mandatory payout of the jackpot, jackpot high five with a carryover of over 520 oh. $6,000. Holy that, moly. That's a lot of coin. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to try to help people out here. I think the number four horse, Airstrike, uh, is a horse that should be right there tonight. Uh, he's been stuck with the 10 hole his last two starts, but each race he's made the lead at some point in the race, and despite the bad post, hasn't really looked like, uh, you know, he hasn't lost his form. He does still be in pretty good shape and uh, race shape and I think driver Jonathan Drury should be able to work out a decent trip from the four hole tonight and maybe help us in the uh, super high five. So uh, Woodbine, race 11, number four, airstrike. <laughs> you had me going there. <laughs> that dramatic pause. <laughs> Special load our friend Mark of the Fans of Horse Racing. Oh, by the way, thank you again to Ann Romer for filling in last week when I was on the quick trip to the DL. As always, thank you for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, their radio magazine, Quick Strike. And just a reminder, <laughs> if you'd like to receive a free digital copy of the new issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, email the one and only Larry Simpson at the Ponies 247 experience at gmail.com. Don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada 
Canada campaign, Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma. For more information on this, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies. As even though the silent auction's over, you can still donate to this great cause. Stick around with the 1059 The Region all week along. The aforementioned Ann Romer's up next with York Region's only magazine show, The Feed. I'll be back here Monday morning. Enjoy the racing. Talk to you next week. Can't wait. Getting closer to the Kentucky Derby. Loving it. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Jim Lang and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8.30 for more on the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.